1: Change cryptocurrencies. Three guys played it talking bitcoin no fee. That's the free Bitcoin podcast insane. And adoption is still the only thing thing thing. That matters main. Hey everybody got
2: another episode of the Bitcoin Podcast. Special midweek release. We're dropping it on you guys because we love you. And I admit that from the heart, bottom of my heart. We got um Jeremy back on the show. Jeremy Epstein, welcome back. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Of course. And so we didn't do our usual introduction. My bad.
0: What's our usual I'm introduction? i host number two, D. We don't do that. We don't do that for well, We say we're our hosts. A... Everybody knows who we are. Just start talking. <laughs> Everybody okay. knows us. Well, um
2: <laughs> shouldn't we do ads too? We should do the ads. We'll throw an ad or two in. It doesn't matter. Because we have to. Yeah, so um we're brought to you by BetKing.io. It's a casino. They released the ICO um shares of themselves. Ooh, I bet they didn't like me saying that, but the SEC probably agrees with me. Right. Um, <laughs> um it's they're a betting site. They revamping you can the go betting on there website.
0: And, all kinds of stuff. All kinds of card games, eventually. They got they got a beta you can go play yeah. a couple games with to bet some things with Bitcoin. They did a bunch of stuff earlier, shut down after they made a bunch of money. Now they're opening back up to make even more money. It's yep gambling site. It's, go. It's crazy. Go bet. <laughs> we're, um,
2: we're also brought to you by um Corn Pops, the golden E. Wow. Crunchy sugary cereal. Wow. We're not. We're not. Um what who else do we get sponsored by? I feel really irresponsible right it's now a Bitcoin. as a a platform. Athena Bitcoin. That's right. Uh my mom was wearing your shirt today, Athena Bitcoin. So she's like the Campbell's chunky soup of Bitcoin. Um it's great. I'm gonna take a picture, put it on Twitter. Athena Bitcoin.
0: Um Bitcoin. most trusted
2: ATMs in the biz. Yep. What did you say? Something else?
0: Bit quick. Bit quick. Bit, are, oh, are
2: yeah. they, are, bit quick. Dot Corey. Oh yeah. Bit It's bit. Yeah, it's bit quick. Get your bits quick. It's great jingle. You're welcome for that. Bit quick. Um, yeah. So look up those three things, everyone. And those, they're our sponsors. Um, I wish Damn, we, we should we should make like a
0: commercial. We're done. We're done there. Let's move we're on. We're done with sponsors. Jeremy, I think you guys you can news. make like
3: one comprehensive jingle, you know, like we one just, comprehensive jingle that has just, all your sponsors. We in just it, have, so we just have really a song. Let's cool. we'll just
0: make a song, and then as we change yeah. our sponsorships, the song changes. I like that idea. Yeah, That's and a...
3: it's like it's like, the Island, it's like the Gilligan's Island opening theme. Like, here are three guys on the Bitcoin podcast, and like they're sponsored by ABCD, and they, and like people know it, and you just interchange. It's like modular. But like everybody knows the tune and then it's just like it's like actually, which companies we get dropped in that week.
2: I actually love that. I actually kind of love that
0: idea. Love that we idea. need to
3: brand the opening to the show cuz like I love you guys but it was a little bit kind of choppy at the beginning of the show today, you know? We need a little smooth. We, Your we, audience deserves better.
0: We professionally we do, do that all on the purpose time. so we? that people feel like okay. we're just yeah. some guys <laughs> talking about stuff. That's a so, it's a professional the maneuver.
3: authenticity Okay, okay, okay. I I, I can look. with brand that has like an authenticity.
1: You're killing our professionalism, Jeremy. Yeah.
0: (laughs) So you have (laughs) some news. (laughs) You have some news, and we want you to talk about it. Tell us about your news.
3: Yeah, so, okay. So I'm very excited about this. I was up till four in the morning, and we just released um, a brand new ebook. It's totally free. We'll put it in the show notes, but bit.ly slash Blockchain mktg for marketing capital b capital m blockchain capital m marketing mktg uh, and basically it's like 67 page book called the cmo primer for the blockchain world now this is our effort like everyone who listens to this podcast is a believer in bitcoin believes in decentralization believes in blockchain or they're, they or maybe they got lost if they're listening back to it. But most people so this is my effort to go to like the chief marketing officers of the world's biggest companies and be like, hey, this thing's real. You need to start paying attention because my goal in life, as I've shared with you, is to bring this world of decentralization to the present as quickly as possible. So we got a forward from the chief marketing officer of NASDAQ. We have a forward from the chief marketing officer of Dun & Bradstreet. And basically, these guys, they had two jobs. One was to say blockchains are important. And number two was Jeremy's not a total idiot. So fortunately, they did both of those. Um, But it's really a chance to say, okay, if you have a world of blockchains, right, what does that mean for things like loyalty, advertising, you know, customer experience? Like, why do you need a CRM system if we all control our own identity, right? So it's a pretty big undertaking. It's totally free. You can download it. Um, But it's really sort of my contribution to this, what I consider to be a larger cause, to um, help advance this vision of a decentralized world by taking it to, you know, the largest companies and saying, "Hey, this is something you should take seriously. Here's why," and hopefully that will, you know, make us all better off um, soon. So I'm pretty excited about it. Obviously, I'm a little wired because I'm um, lack of sleep, but um, definitely would ap- appreciate people checking it out. I'm not saying I have all the answers. I'm just trying to throw some questions out there so we can all kind of understand this world that's coming our way pretty quickly.
2: That that kind of takes me directly into a question that I've been meaning to ask you, but um, I never get to talk to you on these shows for whatever <laughs> reason. Um, and that is, you know, marketing and crypto is kind of blah. And that's me being very like politically correct about it. So right. if you, using your expertise, could you give a scale from like zero to 10 of where you think the state of marketing is Just in general, for all the companies that are involved in crypto, all the things they do—wallets, exchanges, all of them—where do you think they would stand when it comes from like a marketing perspective on that scale?
3: It's a great question. Actually, I I put out a report last um, in May about this very topic, and I can share that with you too. Um, You know, I'd say it's getting better. Uh, I'd say that you know most people. Nice. Yeah, exactly. I'm trying to be thoughtful and my my wife tells me I need to be more sensitive, so I'm working on it. Um, you know, she actually says I need to be a lot more sensitive, but one step at a time. Um, so, uh, you know, look the the bulk of the people in this space, as you guys know, are hardcore engineers, and they're not marketers. And and the problem for people when they hear the word marketing, most people like are like, "Ew, it's marketing, it's disgusting," because we're all sick and tired of like spam emails and bad advertising and blah, blah, blah. That's not really, I mean, that's marketing, but that's the second part. The first part is, like we've talked about, understanding who you're building this product for. Like, how is it gonna differentiate from all the other things that are sort of people think of as similar out there? So I think there's the strategic level and then there's the implementation level. Um, I think the strategic level still needs a lot of work and that's kind of very common. So I'd say on that level, we're talking maybe like two or three. Um, on the kind of implementation, like, you know, the look and feel of these websites and stuff and stuff like that. You know, I'd say maybe four. What's interesting, like I just put up a post yesterday about Filecoin. They have an amazingly tight video that sort of explains what they're trying to do in this grand scheme of things. I was like almost emotional watching it. Like it was really, really good. I saw this other company called Lampix, which they're building like this, like AR lamp that you put on your desk and like, it has this, I don't even totally understand it, but it creates this like augmented reality, like systems on your tables. And I was like, that's a really slick video. Like, you know, it's like people are starting to pay more and more uh, attention to that. So somewhere, somewhere, let's say on the average, let's call it three and a half, four, which is, you know, not unexpected for sort of this stage of development, I would say. Does that seem fair to you
0: guys? That's exactly. (laughs) Okay. Yes, that seems fair. And I want to make sure that I follow this up with the next question that like as you were talking this question bled into me is what is when can marketing become effective for a technology is it possible for there to be too much marketing if the if the technology isn't is too nascent in terms of like how bitcoin and blockchain currently works the utility is 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 rather low compared to the amount of speculation in the entire field so is marketing only going to make the speculation worse because the utility isn't growing fast enough Or will proper marketing help bootstrap or or catalyze the the things that are needed to make utilities larger and stronger?
3: Yeah, that's that's a great. I mean, I'd almost say it's like D all of the above. But if you really want to take a step back, this is kind of crazy. I would almost argue argue that Satoshi Nakamoto is a marketer, right? Because what basically Satoshi recognized, and when I was just reading in here, I have my I'm holding up my copy of the Coin Center Bitcoin. You know, white paper, a little document. But if you go back to, like, basically <laughs> why he writes what, what he wrote, you know, it's like the world needs this peer-to-peer system. We've basically been screwed by, you know, he, he sort of saw that we've been screwed by the banks. We had all these issues, the dangers of centralization. So basically, Satoshi recognized there is a need in the marketplace, and I'm going to serve that need by developing a new product to to meet that need that I think is differentiated, that adds more incremental value. And the value proposition of Bitcoin is, you know, it's faster, or sorry, it's it's definitely um, more secure. It's got, you know, hopefully lower transaction fees than even the traditional system or what have you. You know, less risk. It's peer-to-peer. You don't go to centralized whatever. So all the things we know and love about Bitcoin, that's a value proposition. He basically is saying there's a need. I see how I'm gonna build a product, and now I'm gonna put all this differentiated stuff, and instead of relying on centralized entities, I'm gonna use this proof of work, kind of, you know, consensus algorithm. That's basically marketing. He may not have thought about it in those terms, but that's what great marketing is. So my answer is, marketing is the very first thing that people should be doing, because they're like, I'm gonna build this product. Okay, why? Who's gonna use it? Why is it important? What are they gonna do? Now, then things start rolling from there, and as you see, you know, the speculators come in, and then there's all this hype, and then, you know, hype, can, you know, you have to keep the, the understanding of the market and the promise that you're shooting for kind of in line with where the product or the utility is. And if they get too out of whack, then it's like, oh, my God, you promised me the moon and this thing sucks and people walk away disappointed. And then the other hand is you, you know, you build this product, but nobody knows about it, then it doesn't really help anybody either. So the two, like, have to kind of, kind of walk almost, they have to be in parallel with other. It. It's really hard to do. But I think those two have to be, you know, in, it's like a concert. You
0: have I to guess have that, your, everybody will
3: work off the same.
0: That exposed, I guess, somewhat of a bias that I may have just recently found in myself that uh, when I think of marketing, I only consider it to be something that is done from a money-driven perspective. But that's not necessarily true. Like, you need, even if you're trying to push an ideology, something that's serving a purpose and you want to help, help you know, maybe better the world by building something that, that does what you think will help better the world, you need marketing associated with that, selling people on those on those ideas. Whereas most people when they think of marketing, it's the it's it's like the offshoot of we're just trying to sell somebody so we can make money. And I, I think when yeah, I was I asked mean, that first question, of all, kudos to you Yeah go
2: ahead. Yeah. Sorry go ahead I think I, you
0: guys interrupted each other. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the double interrupt uh, uh yeah, it's just it's basically kind of like <laughs> I just noticed that I maybe was thinking of it in that way still even though I know it exists. I have this somewhat kind of bias in in the back of my mind that always feels that way regardless of whether or not that's not that that's definitely not the purpose of marketing in its grandest scheme.
3: So. Yeah, I mean, I, I I applaud you for your self awareness, and uh, I'm glad the double interrupt is not as big of a problem as the double spend problem. So that's good that we've have uh, fixed it here. But I think, like, you know, I, I tell people like, I, I get that most people kind of. Experience marketing, which isn't really marketing. It's more like I'm going to shove this product down your throat until you bet, you know, until you say, "Okay, I'll take it." Right? Like I sometimes say, the difference between sales and marketing is sales you call them, marketing they call you, right? Because when when marketers really do their job, it means I really understand, you know, what makes Corey and D tick. I really understand, like, what is it you, that your needs are, and if I build a product or a service. That meets those needs, even if maybe you weren't even aware of them yourselves. And then I'm like, hey man, here's this thing. And you're like, oh my God, where have you been all my life? That's marketing. As opposed to, dude, I'm going to you know, relentlessly show show this demo to you, pop ups, blah, blah, blah. That is a form of marketing, and most of us have that. Why? Because most people, I think, don't do the hard part of marketing, which is understand. The customer, understand what the market need, understand the larger situation. And so they're like, well, I just got to go sell stuff. Or otherwise, my kids are going to die and I'm going to be living under a bridge. So I'm going to shove this down to your throat. And and then eventually, like, oh, I'll beg for mercy. Fine. OK, I'll just buy your stuff just to get you to shut up. Like, I get it. I think that and I think you're right. But, you know, to me, the great technologists are can be great, should be great marketers because they're like, well, I'm not just going to build something because I like it. I'm gonna build something because it solves problems that other people actually have. And if I've understood what those problems are, then I'm gonna build you know i'm gonna I'm gonna use my technological capabilities to build something for that. but it's hard because most of us have that other experience, and I'm not alone in that respect.
2: So let's flip the script a little bit. Let's talk about some current events. Like um you know we know the state of marketing in Bitcoin is gonna be kind of bad a little for a little while. I give it another three years before we start to see some. CNN commercials about Blockchain and Bitcoin, it'll be pretty Neat, you know, there'll be Advertising it in the uh, Investment fund commercials that I see Um, But Let's talk about some current Events, so recently SEC said That ICOs can be Treated as securities Mm -hmm. So I'm gonna Ask both of these questions the same way about the both bits of news Good or bad, what do we think?
3: So it's. I'm going to say I'm going to take a cheap way out and say both. Like, you know, and also Boo. I'm, you know, <laughs> I'm going to take the under on the three years on you seeing an ad on CNN or CNBC about some blockchain company. I, I bet you it's under three years. And I think, you
2: think
3: the, so? I do because. I think you're gonna. I mean, this thing's happening so quickly. You're gonna see like private blockchain, enterprise-focused financial services, blockchain start to drop ads on CNBC, you know, Morning Joe stuff like that, or Squawk Box, that kind of thing. Like, I wouldn't. So, I'll take. You know, we can we can put a small friendly wager using your sponsor, uh, Bet Kings, or whatever. Also, I guess we could do that, right? We um, could <laughs> uh, do maybe. that. But look, the SEC. <laughs> they, yeah. Exactly. We could throw uh, some percentage of Bitcoin there, you know, at the end, in a few years, like, dude, I bet you a hundred thousand dollars on that. That was stupid. You know, anyway, um, I think the SEC thing is good because to Corey's earlier point about all the speculators, like, I think it's going to scare away the total scam artists and the people who are just looking for the let's roll the dice and make as much money. And it's going to make people a little bit more cautious on that respect. I think that's great. Like, I want to get those clowns out. I want the people who are really committed to get to the hard work of actually building the practical stuff to, to give us better security, better privacy. You know lower transaction costs so i want that i'm a little bit nervous about the, the innovation implications like i think a lot of people are going to say, screw it i'm not going to deal with the americans i'm going to go to switzerland or singapore or dubai and then i think that would create a lot of innovation hubs outside of us which is negative for job growth and, and and things like that so it's hard to say you know so like you know we knew this day was coming but okay it's here so i you know i don't think it's either bad or good I mean it's not quite as bad as having Floyd Mayweather, you know, drop in his money on ICOs, but uh it, nice. It a yeah, you like that segue?
2: I did like it. I appreciated it. I was like <laughs> this guy's reading my mind right now. <laughs> yeah. So in case you guys listening don't know, Floyd Money Mayweather, or now we can solve him Floyd Crypto Money Mayweather, right? right. Post a picture on Facebook with what looks to be about I don't know maybe a million dollars in cash on a table in a private plane. And there's gold everywhere. Um, But he's wearing pajamas. Don't get that. (laughs) But he's invested in something called stocks.com. Their ICO is releasing in five days. Uh, Most likely it's going to make a lot of money, but it's very interesting. Um, Now I'm starting to believe a little bit of, um, I got in this like Twitter thread with Mark Cuban, a month ago probably highlighted my little life and we were talking about like uh if crypto was in a bubble and yet now i'm sold this is definitely bubble territory <laughs> if floyd mayweather is investing in icos
0: here's the thing so Here, here's the thing is he really though i mean how much money do they pay him to do that Like, cause if you if as probably before, that from, their dollars. from their perspective from their perspective they could basically say, we'll right. give you money to say you're investing in our th- in our thing. And if other people see you doing that, that's going to be, especially right now, in the hype of Floyd Mayweather and Conor McGregor, a lot of people will see that, which is something that people will pay for in terms of advertising. And that's going to bring a ton of people to throw a lot of dumb money into something because Floyd Mayweather doing it. Now...
3: You know, speaking of uh, Conor McGregor, like last time, I think you guys—I I told you that sometimes I get confused for not confused. Sometimes people tell me I look like Bruce Willis. Occasionally, I get Vin Diesel, Corey. Yeah, I feel like yeah. Conor McGregor. I there.
0: get it. I get it a lot. Let actually, the people know. I get it. I get it a lot. Uh, <laughs> actually, uh, when I lived in Brazil, that was my that was my nickname at the jiu-jitsu gym that I went to. It was like, hey, McGregor. Keep... <laughs> Yeah, you been oh, and it, like just, they kept going I, on and on. And then I the other day I was pumping gas in in Maryland, right? In Columbia, Maryland. I was pumping gas and this guy is like staring at me and he's looking he's like laughing with his kids, <laughs> like looking at the, with his kids and like laughing and I'm looking back at me and smiling and looking back at his kids and he looks at me and kind of nods his head and goes, Hey, my kids said they love all your fights. And I just, just start cracking up laughing. Like I, I'm wearing like like nice work clothes <laughs> like i wouldn't say they're nice work clothes they're nothing compared to what mcgregor wears in his fly suits but i'm like <laughs>
3: he is a good dress. yeah but it never occurred to the dad to be like hey i don't think conor mcgregor is pumping gas in columbia maryland like he just,
0: just oh he was like, he was tipping oh, his <laughs> cap he was tipping his cap to me because his kids were freaking out inside of his car oh my god it's conor mcgregor you know
3: But coming back to the guys like Floyd Floyd Mayweather, like what's a little, I mean, look, this stuff happens all the time, but it's frustrating. Like, I don't know if I can do a little bit of a product placement here and full disclosure, like I'm an advisor. So if you guys don't like it, you can beat me up later. But like I have this, this company I'm, I'm advising it's their, uh, their, their ico is coming up in august it's called the liquid asset token right now whether they get it done or not and they're, they're the best ever like i don't know like i love the concept and the concept is like okay let's say like for most americans like your single biggest investment is your house right and let's say you buy your house and then you you know you owe whatever you know it is to the bank but let's say over time you you build up the equity in your house and to the point where let's say you owe 50 percent and let's say your house is worth half a million dollars um, or whatever, three doesn't matter, and you, you owe half to the bank. But now you have a quarter million dollars in equity that you can't actually touch. So what do most people do? Either they leave it there or they take out a home equity line of credit, which basically now you start paying interest on. So what these liquid asset token guys are like, wait a second, what if you were to tokenize your house? And basically then I could issue on the blockchain you know, tokens that represent, say, 10% of my house. So now I could sell 10% of my house for $25,000, I get the cash, and other people who might want exposure to real estate where I live now own a small share of my house. Let's say you're an investor in Brazil or France, you're like, I want the US real estate market, but you can't afford to put in a million dollars, but you're like, I could put in $5,000 or whatever. And then let's say in a couple of years, my value of my house appreciates, it doubles or whatever it is, it doesn't matter. Now that token which of course can be traded multiple times now let's say the house worth a million dollars just to keep the math simple well now your 10% went from 25 or 20, uh, 10% share went from the 25,000 it doubled basically to 50,000 so now like and i had the cash all along without paying interest so all these illiquid assets like houses or pieces of art or whatever that are sitting in people's homes that are basically cash Or if you had a piece of art, you could sell 49% of that that piece of art to other people who want to, like, buy into this, you know, up-and-coming artist or whatever. Now you get the cash, keep the art on the wall, keep your house, and other people get to diversify their portfolio. Like, to me, that's a freaking revolutionary concept. It's super awesome. And, you know, whether – again, I hope they do it because I think that they're pretty cool, but somebody's going to figure it out. But the challenge is, in all this noise with Floyd Mayweather, like, throwing money around, like – the really good ideas are oftentimes getting buried and you have to separate the signal from the noise so like that's what that's what's a little disconcerting to me so like you could at the same time say a guy like Floyd Mayweather or even the SEC ruling trying to bring it all back together actually slows things down and makes that that future where regular people who should be able to get money from their illiquid assets without having to pay interest on it you know that day is now farther off in the future as opposed to closer, and that makes me a little sad because I want people like I don't want people to be buried in debt. Like that's a bad thing. I want them to be like, hey, you have this house, now you have this cash. You still keep the house, and you don't owe anybody any money. Good for you. That's awesome. Sorry, man. The coffee's kicking in. And I just get super. That's upset. a pretty good
2: idea, actually.
3: I know it's awesome idea. You know, liquidacidtoken.com. There you go. <laughs> like,
2: you should have one of them here. on the show. Have you talked to one of them about coming on the show?
3: I can definitely get them on the show. The one thing I'll say that's really cool is they're Russian. So the best part for me is living in the in D.C., I get to now tell everybody I'm also working with the Russians. So my street cred goes even higher now.
0: You know? <laughs> or <laughs> you get a lot of shady that? eyes. You get a lot so, of shady yeah. eyes for some folks. Like, I don't know about I got you. a lot yeah. of shady
3: eyes. Yeah. I can definitely get these guys on the show. They got the strong, solid Russian accent. It'll make it real. But like the even, again, it's not – it's not whether these guys particularly can get it done or not. I mean, there's a lot of execution stuff, but the concept that you could take these stuff—that's all these assets, whether it's jewelry or art or cars or whatever—that are sitting around that are doing nothing for you—that now you can turn it into cash, where you can deploy that cash in more in other ways, and investors can now get exposure. I mean, imagine if you're like, "Hey, I own 0.01 percent of." you know, Paris real estate or Dubai real estate or this up and coming artist who I could never afford his own thing in Soho, but now I own a fractional share. And if it appreciates and you can trade it because it's a free
0: liquid market. We talked anyway, about this. Yeah, we talked I'll
3: get about him this. on the show if you want. But
0: And I think it's going to be uh, in this episode we release on Sunday is, is this idea of the what I, ICOs aren't going away. In fact, they're going to get much, much, much worse in the, num- in the sheer number and volume of them. Because what it is, it's a decentralized crowdfunding mechanism, and the easier it becomes to do these things, right. the more access you have for every, every every age people with a good idea to try and do them. Now, the bar right. that of getting the amount of attention required to make a ton of money is getting higher and higher and higher and higher. So, regardless of the fact that we have thousands and thousands of new people trying to do an ICO, they're not getting the Requisite attention if they want to raise millions and millions and millions of dollars. Now, I can do an ICO and raise ten thousand dollars amongst my small peer community of the attention that I can get. Good, that's a cool thing. But right. providing liquidity for something like that becomes a different story. Whatever, move on. But I'm saying that the ICOs aren't going anywhere. But the because but the standard of getting the requisite amount of attention to make the real money is getting higher and higher and higher. So that we're still going to see a small amount of things getting through to like, getting past the noise to become a signal. And hopefully that bar is getting raised by quality standards. And I think that's what we really need to focus mm. on in the, I guess in the near future is to make sure that the people who are getting through aren't people hiring Floyd Mayweather to take a picture and with a bunch of cash with their name on it. And so instead it's like, we're taking the necessary precautions to make sure that our investors don't get screwed and that mm-hmm. we're going to build the product that actually changes the world.
3: Yeah, you know, it's, it's a totally valid point. The one thing I would say is I, I wonder, like, it's the time perspective. Like right now, it certainly feels that way. But right now, when it's like, hey, we're doing an ICO to me, that's the 2017 equivalent of what I saw in 98, 99, where it was like, we're going to just chuck dot com onto everything. Like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. So. In that short time frame, you would put .com on anything, and people would just give you money for like the most ridiculous things. And then that eventually blew. Like that's a house of cards. not the Netflix show, but an actual one, and it falls apart. Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay, so I wonder if like we just like what's so difficult. And I have this too. Is like hey, can you really play the long game? Can you take this long view and say, look, the trend of decentralization is there. There are going to be charlatans, especially when there's a lot of money to be made. But you know what? Those guys are going to go away, especially because we're so interconnected. We'll figure out who the scam artists are, blah, blah, blah. And then the the higher quality stuff will kind of emerge even. And I would almost argue that it's better to raise less money. Because having you know worked at a company where we where I joined when there were thirty people and we were valued at twenty million to go up to fourteen hundred people and one point eight billion, I'll tell you that having less money—it sounds crazy—is actually a good thing because it forces you to be really focused on how you on where you on where your priorities are, where you put your initiatives, how you develop, how you add value. If you have one hundred fifty million dollars, you're like, yeah, sure, we can have seven ping pong tables or whatever it is. Like it doesn't matter,
1: you know. Yeah.
3: So like. I think there's that. And then I think the, the liquidity things, but that's totally valid valid because of the decentralized sort of the, the token economics, which is why like a Bancor thing is kind of interesting. Like if you had some, if, if their thing works, and I'm still trying to get my head around it, but like the idea that you have liquidity no matter how small yeah. your thing is, like if that actually works, like, you know, I talked to the Bancor, one of the Bancor founders earlier this week, like they're really intense, they're really smart. Like she really, Gaia, get a really like just great mind and like i feel like i can't get to the point where i can discount this idea because like there, it feels like there's something there so like if they, they can create that layer or someone like them can create that layer then okay you can start small and then build value without feeling this you know floyd crypto money mayweather pressure
2: yeah i like your saying cory i'm going to use it in my book that i never write and that's <laughs> don't make noise but become a signal i like that I was going to say,
3: which <laughs> cryptocurrency do you think if Floyd Money Mayweather became a crypto, would he be like Floyd Monero Mayweather? Would it be Floyd Dash Mayweather, Floyd Zcash? Like, which one do you think he would be?
2: I think he likes gold. I think he'd choose Bitcoin.
3: Really?
2: Yeah. I think it's <laughs> so all it hype.
3: Digix with Mayweather, though.
0: I, think
2: all <laughs> I have so many. I have a random amount of digits. It's one of those random coins that I own. I don't Floyd know told
3: me Mayweather. You don't see Floyd file coin Mayweather. You don't see that one.
2: <laughs> no, <I don't> see, <laughs> If quite. anything, Floyd
0: Mayweather would have Floyd coin. And Floyd. That's what it, I, I want to hear. Clear. I want to hear McGregor answer that question because he'd come up with something really ridiculous that would I know make Floyd say, sound like an but. ass. <laughs>
2: Are we trying to be professional now? I can't say those words.
0: Oh. I know yeah. Your say. show, you can do whatever you want.
2: <laughs> no, uh, we're trying. We're going pro. Remember, we're trying to oh, not so families can listen to us. That's right.
3: Are <laughs> <laughs> friendly
0: now? Yeah. Kind of. Sure. I guess. Did, whatever. Well, <laughs> if,
2: if iTunes ever figures out we're not friendly, friendly, not family friendly, and haven't put the. Adult content tag on our show this whole time.
3: I think you'll know you've had it made when, like, Disney wants to sponsor the Bitcoin podcast, like, or wants to sue us. One of those two.
0: Either wants to sponsor us or sue us. Whichever one is is more convenient for them.
2: Good Good news, everybody! We're getting sued by Disney. We made it. We made it, guys, and we're done. That's what you
3: want. You're taking on the man.
2: Yeah. Well, I don't think there's anything like one. There were a lot of current events. You know, of course, Segwit got a green light temporarily or however this is going. There's a stupid Bitcoin cash thing that I'm reading about. Uh, Roger Vera seems to be tumbling further down some random thing he thinks is a rabbit hole. Um, Let's see. There's too much news. We should probably just kind of wrap it up.
3: Well, can I ask you guys a question? It's your show.
1: Yeah.
3: Let's say we're talking like – you know, I have, like, I deal with, most of the people I deal with have no idea, like, what crypto is. Like, they just look at me like, Jeremy, what should I do? And even most of them still don't know. But, you know, I'm like, just go get some Bitcoin, hold on for five years, like, whatever. Like, okay, what do you guys, like, how would you handicap sort of this? And, like, today's July 27th, so we're on the cusp of the August 1st date. And then, you know, I think November 1st is, like, that next big milestone. So, like, how, how do you guys sort of, like, if you had to, if I was saying... You know, you got to put a prediction now. What would you say is the most likely outcome, you know, of this whole kind of thing? Say January 1 or six months from now, January 27th.
0: The outcome, in my personal opinion, is we will have one central Bitcoin, the main Bitcoin, the one everyone calls Bitcoin. And the the vast majority of the people who kind of use it for utility (laughs) and don't have a strong ideology (laughs) that they're pushing is on a central chain, and that's going to be the SegWit plus 2x chain. Like, it's going to be SegWit, and then they're going to have a 2-megabyte hard fork that becomes SegWit, and you have a two with with a 2-megabyte block size. That's probably, in my opinion, going to be the main chain. In the process of getting there, there will be people. So, like, when we do a 2-megabyte hard fork, people will essentially, a section or a portion of the people who use the chain before that will break off and create, and they'll just continue running their own. It'll maybe probably a very small percentage and they'll just continue to push their like push continue to maintain that side chain because it suits their ideology and they want to have they want to have a vehicle for that ideology the same thing with bitcoin abc slash bitcoin cash when people start rejecting the segwit blocks they're probably going to fork off into a it's basically an eight megabyte block size chain that it doesn't accept segwit blocks That will still probably be in existence, but will be smaller. It'll be some mining proportion that's probably very centralized, and they're using it as a vehicle to push their ideology. But in the end of the day, you have one thing called Bitcoin that everyone uses that's still kind of the staple of getting things done and building things on top of. And that's my kind of short Um, way of, of viewing this. And there are chances that those side chains won't even exist because people don't use them. Like the, the the vehicle wasn't strong enough to carry the ideology and they'll start and they'll kind of come back onto the main chain. Or they try to do something else to disrupt the status of the main chain. And in the process of all of this, you know, during that 6-month period, prices are probably going to go wild because there's going to be a lot of uncertainty, a lot of sentiment manipulation, a lot of hype, a lot of, you know, people getting misinformation and things like that. But eventually, in my opinion, there will be one true winner. And it will probably just be the one that everyone's using. Because they don't care about the reason for using it. I think that
2: humans like patterns and humans like cycles. So I think that this is going to, if it keeps going the direction it's headed, we're going to get Bitcoin, classic, some form of it with a different name. And then we're going to get Bitcoin. Just kind of like we have Ethereum and Ethereum Classic. Mm. I think the model's been set. And no matter what the circumstances of the Ethereum split were, um, Bitcoin, if there's a split, it's probably going to follow that same model. Um, So own your private keys and you'll get a little boost. You'll get a little boost because you're going to have a Bitcoin Classic and a Bitcoin that everyone uses, the one that Corey just outlined. Mm. Um, But the point being There's a lot of money in this, so if they want to split off and they want to have their own little Bitcoin, then they have the money and they probably have some hash power to make it so good for them. It's probably not going to go away, but in all honesty, I'd rather them fork off and do their own thing, and I did mean that as a pun, so (laughs)
1: um,
2: I'd rather that happen. Uh, I think that's what's going to happen. It's just going to be a repeat of history. Everybody's going to feel comfortable with Ethereum Classic, like we are now, like for some random reason, Ethereum Classic is like just below $20 per, and I happen to have a bunch of them for when it's split. Yay me. I had the private keys. But, you know, this, that's just the way it is. So. All
3: right. That's that's, that's comfort. I, I, yeah. I'm with you. That, that, that's good. The only, the only issue with this show is uh, you're the only 1D not wearing a Bitcoin shirt.
2: I feel like that needs to be fixed. Oh, time. you. Well, it's like those Mayweather suits. Actually, it says Bitcoin in these little white
3: uh, okay, horizontal stripes. You had that. Was, we
0: could sell those. You gotta get real we made close. a ton of money. That
3: whole is actually a QR code. <laughs> <laughs> in it,
2: got,
0: just uh, gotta get close. That's all. Well, cool. um, all right, Jeremy. Well,
2: I think we can wrap up. Yeah, a good show.
0: Once again, me, I me. think we're going we have to do this just for just to keep our keep our namesake. In ten words I think or people less, like these shows. Can you explain? Blockchain? It would be
3: nice to know if people really like these shows. I like them. You guys seem to like them, but do our customers, our listeners, like them? Sure. It's actually not mine. ours. yours. I should. I don't want to take go, take You're over. You're part your of thing. the community. You gotta-
0: You're part of the community now. It's your show too.
3: Oh no! Look at that open source, decentralized ownership community.
0: But I Corey I, asked the I asked a but question, but I think we bombarded. Yeah, you just ignored the hell out of me. I asked you a question, Jeremy. <laughs> That's because I, I I interrupted you. Yeah. That's why. I... Hard. What was the question? Sorry. In 10 words or less, can you describe blockchain once again? You When did you ask me that? Uh, y'all were talking, and I just talked. No one heard me. Yeah, I interrupted him terribly. Oh, no. Like, like, we've, also, I right we've also asked you that probably every time you've been on the show. So I'm curious. What's your, uh, what's your answer this time?
3: I just, I was going to say like i think the fact that you're in this like rural new york hotel is hurting us with this like lag thing or wherever you are Bravo. i don't know
0: but airbnb. maybe not
3: rural. i don't know airbnb whatever uh 10 words or less how do i describe blockchain that's the question yeah okay uh i basically say it's i don't know if i gotta have to count the words now i'm feeling very nervous a lot of pressure i, feel I got you like, covered i got well, you covered what I feel like right now is there was that one episode of Chris DeRose's Rose's uh, Bitcoin uh, show where he like where he asked somebody who shall remain nameless and then he just went to town on him slash her. Uh, so, but it's okay, It's all right. Um, I usually say that it's um, imagine everyone has a copy of a Google sheet and it's not controlled in one central place. It's all uh, you know. Um, on on your computer, and then therefore maintaining the integrity of the data is extremely. Um, uh, um, it's easier to do. It's less costly, less costly, or it's more cost effective. And you use this pretty cool, like proof of work, usually um, cryptographic algorithm to um, keep everything secure. So easy to add stuff to. Near impossible to modify and edit. That was like 1, 100 words. But yeah, you, you, you roughly,
0: butchered the 10-word 10, 10 limit. <laughs> yeah, you destroyed that. But you hit it
2: on the head with the last 10 words. Easy to modify, impossible to edit. That yeah,
3: sorry, man. I was up till four in the morning doing this freaking ebook. I don't have my A-game right now, guys. I'm <laughs> back. Sorry, it's been rough, man. I
2: don't it's know. all good.
1: We'll now, paraphrase. Now
3: now they're gonna flame me, and be like, "Get that Joker off your show." He doesn't know what he's talking about. I'm like, finally, someone's exposed me for the fraud that I am. I can go home now. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That'll be on a Reddit, on a Reddit post. Jeremy Epstein exposed on the big
0: one.
2: <laughs> exactly. Totally <laughs> exposed for once.
0: All right, guys, let's, let's let's it's call it a day. Always fun. Always fun to have you on Thanks the show. Thanks,
3: guys. guys. Appreciate it. It's an honor. You guys are a a ton of fun. I appreciate it. You do good work.
0: Play
2: the
1: outro.